Welcome to the Broker Shop Podcast. It's episode five. Uh, your Chief Sales Officer Mackenzie Barrett here with you. And today we have a special guest uh, in the studio today uh, as we welcome in uh, Rena. If you want to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Rena Starr, Mortgage Loan Officer here at Safe Trust. Uh, socials are Mortgage Star. Uh, glad to be here. And we have a very special guest. We have Eric Wright with Social House. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And the one and only. <laughs> What's going on, guys? It's Mob. All just right. Mob. So, uh, yeah, just Mob. Um, all right. Well, thank you for joining us today, Eric. Uh, you know, a lot of us, our entire team, we went to your event uh, recently this past week uh, in Royal Oak. Uh, great event. Just talking about social media and how it took your business to the next level. Um, so thank you for hosting the event for one. We, we all enjoyed our time there. Um, we wanted to ask you though, and kind of get into the nitty gritty of, you know, your thought process behind social, cause you built such a great business out of it. Um, in the early stages, I guess, you know, what was the most difficult part, um, of, you know, building what you have, uh, today on social? Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me was like having the belief that it was going to work. And I think that's what a lot of people still struggle with today is that like, they know that they should be doing it, but they don't do it long, long enough to actually see the results. And me getting into it, I was 23, 24 years old. I started watching Gary Vee around then, um, probably a little earlier than that, even like 2011. I stumbled across a Gary Vee keynote, everything he said, and it made a ton of sense in terms of like where the future of marketing was going, where the future of social media was going. So I started learning about it and then came into real estate and was like, hey, there's a huge opportunity to leverage some of these strategies and this platform there. So I started doing it and I would say probably eight and a half, nine months, didn't make a single penny from it of actually investing money into paid ads. Mm. But I just knew that it was going to work. I knew that was the next phase of where marketing was transitioning to. And I trusted it and trusted myself and trusted my gut. And eventually once it hit its stride, it just exploded. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing most agents and most just people in general is that they're, they know they should be on social media, but they try it. They don't succeed fast enough and they give up and they probably give up right before they were start going to start getting lead flow, start getting people coming in and responding to their, their content. So it's really just a matter of having someone in your corner that's going to give you the reassurance that keep doing it and it's going to work. But that was probably the biggest hurdle I had to get over that thankfully I did was just to trust myself and keep doing it and be consistent. Got it. Wow. That was, that was a solid answer. We appreciate that. Rena, I know you've had some experience on social uh, with a couple different industries and whatnot. How do you resonate with what Eric said? I think that's huge. I mean, for so many people, it takes one video or one series of videos, and that's when something blows up for them, and it's not going to be your first day. Your, your first videos are going to be awful. Like, I don't, I don't want to sugarcoat it. Like, when you start making videos, your content's not going to be super polished. You're not going to look like Eric on day one on camera. You're not going to be comfortable. You're going to be awkward. Like, if I go back and look at things I made five years ago on social – it's embarrassing. Like, I don't want to look at it. Um, but the key is to get it out there, start posting and be consistent with it. Consistency is king in social media. If you're consistently posting, you will grow one way or another. You'll find your people like being authentic and consistently posting is how you're going to find that niche that is attracted to you and wants to come in and find you. So I think that's like you said, like just start posting, be consistent and don't give up and you'll get there eventually. Yeah. Eric, I have uh, a follow-up because you both said the consistency thing. Um, what what are some methods or tools that you can uh, put as far as structure in your day or in your business model to have that consistency? 
um, like what are some things that you do to to make sure that it's going out? Yeah, well, first and foremost, like what you said, spot on. Like that was my biggest detriment was like perfectionism, thinking that I don't sound perfect or this video is not going to change someone's life, so I can't post it. <laughs> Once you get over that like hurdle of thinking that, hey, your content, everything you put out has to be a game changer. If they can take any value from it, it's worth posting. Yeah. And to your point too, like understanding that your videos are probably going to suck right off the bat. <laughs> And that's okay. Like, that's how you're going to learn. I see some absolutely terribly filmed videos with a million views. But that person just went out and they made it. You know, like their restaurant video spotlight, stuff like that, where it's like it's a shaky camera, the audio is terrible, but it still has 40, 50,000 views and 5,000 likes and 200 comments, and it's just because they made it. Um, but as far as structure goes, I mean, the biggest thing I would recommend, assuming that you have the disposable income to do so, is hire an editor. I found that that's probably the biggest thing that holds people up with filming videos is like, I think I mentioned on the panel, like my girlfriend and I went to a cider mill a few weeks ago and I filmed videos for it, still haven't edited it yet. Because the filming part's easy because you're just filming what you're already doing. It takes maybe five, 10 seconds per video. It's the editing part when you get home that takes 45 minutes to an hour. So what I would suggest is go on Fiverr, find a VA, a virtual assistant or something that can handle the editing for you or just hire a third-party company like I use, uh, Windows Still. And essentially all you're doing is you have to film the content, you upload it to their database, wherever you have that you share that those videos with. Mm -hmm. They throw it together with, for you in whatever structure you ask, and then you can post it. So really then you can just, A, you can start just filming what you're doing. So you don't need to change anything about your week, your day, your month, whatever. Start filming what you're doing when you're going out to dinner, if you're going to events, going to networking events, if you're on a podcast like this. Whatever it is, just start capturing that content and try to block out maybe two to four hours a week where you can go out and film some businesses and do some spotlight videos. And if you have an editor, it really streamlines your whole process. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing that we've probably struggled with the most when we first started was the editing part. Like, I would sit here for maybe like 15 minutes and I'll make a video. But then the rest of my day, I would just sit there and try and edit the video. And it was the worst. And you're going across different platforms and like – as you go from one platform to the other platform, it gets the quality gets worse and worse and worse, and then you're you end up with your half your whole day gone, and the video is not even that great. So uh, I love the Fiverr too. The the Fiverr thing is great. Now, um, you know, before just to kind of switch gears a little bit and kind of dive into real estate, um, you know, we we obviously saw that that social media was a huge lead generator for you when it comes to your real estate business. Um, and prior to real estate, you were in business development. Did those two things kind of help you like kind of tie both worlds together or I guess talk us through how your experience kind of helped you elevate, um, your entire real estate company through social media? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I took, uh, my backgrounds in technology, I ran a business development team at a tech startup in Detroit for uh, a little under two years before I really like went full-time real estate. And the biggest thing I learned there from my director, Brendan, he was incredible, like changed my sales game tenfold. And the biggest thing I learned from him is value first when you're selling. Mm. So a lot of people go into it, especially real estate agents. Like if you think about somebody going and knocking on doors, they're probably going up to him and just saying like, hey, I'm Eric, I'm a local real estate agent, you want to buy or selling this year. You're adding zero value to them. That's why you get the door slammed in your face. Same with cold calls. And so approaching everything with a value first mindset, bring them something that can add value to them, even if it has nothing to do with real estate. 
Um, for example, I have a nonprofit called Project Promise. We don't donate school supplies to underprivileged students and communities. Oh, that's awesome. And so nice. something I've been giving my agents is we, you know, we're putting together a flyer for them. Top half's Project Promise. QR codes for the website to donate. Bottom half's their real estate stuff. So instead of going door knocking and saying, hey, I'm Eric, are you buying or selling? You're saying, hey, I'm Eric, I'm a local real estate agent. We partnered with a local nonprofit. We're raising money for school supplies for local underprivileged kids. I'm not asking for any money today, but I just wanted to give you this flyer. It's got a QR code to the website. If you want to check it out and donate, every 10 bucks helps a student get school supplies for the year. And then the secondary conversation, of course, is, oh, yeah, and if you are thinking about buying or selling, I'd love to help. My info is at the bottom. And so, A, this person's pretty likely, I would imagine, in a lot of cases, to at least scan the QR code for Project Promise. And assuming they like what they see there, they're going to go to the secondary one, at the very least look at your stuff. And this all goes back to branding. Like that's something I didn't even realize I was building when I first started running Facebook ads was a brand to where like I'll walk into Kroger in Plymouth Canton and people will recognize me from Facebook. I've been the TSA ladies recognize me from Facebook at the airport. That's wild. So it's like you're building up a brand overall to <coughs> where like the subconscious when they want to buy or sell, you're the first name that comes to mind. Yeah. So just coming up with ways that you can figure out how you can add value to these consumers, whether it's partnering with local businesses and getting some exclusive promos they'll offer just to your clients so you can go ahead and offer that to people, or you know, doing the nonprofit route. There's so many different ways to do it. Um, and there's ways you can do it with real estate too. You know, Send them a market analysis on their home without them asking. Just say, hey, just wanted to give you an update on your home's value. Like, Don't ask them for anything yet. So that's probably the biggest thing that I took from the business development background and start to started to implement into the real estate world. But there's a bunch of stuff I, of course, learned along the way, too, with real estate and really got into sales. Nice. Um, I love how you uh, took value and, you know, that, that you tied branding with value because those two things are, are pretty synonymous. You can't have a good brand if you don't provide value. Um, now, Rena, I know that you, you have, in my opinion, a, a, an expertise in branding uh, from what I've been able to see. Uh, in your eyes, what constitutes a solid brand? Uh, like Eric mentioned, that you you go to a public place and people recognize it immediately, um, and maybe you know call you out or say, "Hey, I recognize you from this or this." Um, what would you say sparks that interest and and keeps people top of mind or keeps you top of mind uh, because of your brand? I think it's a few things. I think it's intentionality. Um, when I choose my brand, all my colors are the same. I, it's pink everywhere, <laughs> and. When you think mortgages, you don't necessarily think pink, but I think that works because I stick out a bit more on my business cards, everything. Most of the time I'm wearing some kind of pink outfit. I'm not today, but um, mo every other realtor, every other you know loan officer, especially it's blue and green. Like, So when you see me, I'm sticking out. I'm different. And it's okay to repel. Like, that's not going to be for everybody, and that's okay, but my people are going to really resonate with me. So finding your your people. I mean, like, not that you don't want to work with everybody, but you know, it's okay that somebody, maybe you're not their cup of tea. You're going to really resonate with some people and form a deeper connection because you're being authentic. You're being real. So finding your branding and your niche and whatever really works for you and just doubling down on it. It's okay not to reach everybody. It's okay not to throw a huge net out there. It's okay to just, you know, work with, you know, there's, there's room for everybody. There's room for every personality. There's room for everybody out there. One thing that I saw Eric post about the other day um, about direct mailers. I yeah, saw a reel you made. And it was, yeah. it really resonated with me of, you know, doubling up on how you're branding to people, you know, hit, you know, hit them, you know, 
um, send out some direct mailers, but before you send out the direct mailers, put the same image on social media and put the same messaging across multiple platforms so that you are getting that brand recognition. You're starting to build up that they see your face, they see that image and they know it's you. And I, I love that. I thought that was so smart. Something that I hadn't thought before mixing kind of old school methods with new school methods. Like there's a reason old school methods were used so much. They work. Um, but finding a way to do that in a way that's authentic and in a way that is bringing in social media and bringing in kind of new school methods, like using a little bit of best of both worlds, I think is really cool. Yeah, mailers are a great investment. I think they're one of the <coughs> most underrated pieces of marketing that are out there. Yeah. Um, Mac, um, comment on, on branding real quick and like let, it, let us know what you think because obviously you have a very strong brand in your community with a lot of the outreach that you do and, um, you know, obviously coaching and, and training the ne obviously the next group of professionals uh, that are coming up in the next generation. Um, you know, talk us through your thought process when it comes to branding and, and how, you, how you do it. Um, I mean, I, kn I know that on previous podcast episodes, I've, I've talked about, uh, you know, my three pillars and, and that being faith, family, and finance and letting people see who I am as a person and drawing in, um, like to, to Rena's point, you know what I mean? Like my people, you know, uh, people that, you know, follow and believe uh, in the same like healthy habits and family time and having fun, um, you know, and then also being, you know, just grounded, you know what I mean? Uh, positivity that people are speaking. Like I know we touched on like negativity on social media and that's something that I try to stay uh, true to is that positivity. So like with, with the branding, my my approach is to be is to, it's to be authentic but like to eric's point like the value right so if i can educate if i can inform uh and the way that i'm approaching that is with passion because i care and and that's why i am involved in the community and i am involved uh with like youth and different things of that nature it's um you know pe people can relate to that Definitely. um on multiple different uh, levels, you know, whether they have kids, uh, whether they've been associated in sports, uh, the different organizations and nonprofits and communities that they're a part to, uh, they see that engagement. And I feel like um, that makes them want to be a part of what I'm doing as well, because it is positive. So, um, I mean, I would hope I would like that to be my brand. Um, and, and that's definitely what we're aiming for. But um, I, I think that that that's what people seek, you know, is something that they can relate to, uh, something that they can be a part of, you know. Yeah, like the the Costco card, right? <laughs> you know, like that's a perfect example. Seriously, like everyone always flexes their Costco card, yeah. but it's true. I mean, like, yeah, it's 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 you know because they built a brand, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's an exclusive membership that everybody's a part of. I'm not. I yeah. wish I was, but one day. Um, <laughs> um, so last couple things. Um, you know, obviously like we're, we're all in a world like mortgages, real estate, we're all in a world where, especially in Metro Detroit, it's a very saturated environment. There's realtors everywhere. There's loan officers everywhere. Um, and not everybody's making content, but you'd like to believe that everybody has kind of like the same style, right? Um, you know, talking about what the fed's doing, if you're a loan officer or talking about inventory, if you're a real estate agent. So Eric, I want your thoughts on this. Like what did you do to kind of battle or, or combat against the norm and what, what everybody's doing? Um, you know, what, what, what everybody's doing and it's, it kind of all seems like mundane or the same or habitual. Um, how did you build a brand off of standing apart? Yeah. So the biggest thing I try to tell, and like, I'm honestly like not somebody that practices what I preach in this sense. Cause like I built my business running listing ads 20 times a week. 
And like, that's literally what I built my entire business on. I just got comfortable being on video probably a year and a half ago. And I'm still not really comfortable being on video. <laughs> but um, on that same note, I think what a lot of agents run into and a lot of loan officers is they think they have to talk about real estate. And it's the opposite. You know, I really think that 90% of your content should have nothing to do with real estate. Should have to do with things that can, again, add value to them in the sense of where should they eat this weekend? What should they do this weekend? What's going on in the community this weekend? Become like your community's ambassador, the community you want to target and work in. And then, A, you can create that content around that, but also observe what other people are doing. TikTok's like the, the research platform, right? I don't really post on TikTok a lot, but I go on there and I see what's trending. I see what people are talking about. I see what sounds are trending. I look at things that I think are going to start to translate into the other platforms, and that goes for content too. When you're seeing what kind of content's really popping off, mm -hmm. like Gary Vee posted something recently, and I don't know if you guys follow him, you may have seen Definitely. it. Mm -hmm. And he was like, the content that's working right now is on Instagram. First you post a meme, and then you post a video, and it's two slides. And so like, learn from people that are doing things the right way and that are seeing a lot of success and you can literally copy their content. Don't verbatim copy what they're saying, but copy the style of how they're mm -hmm. posting it. So if you do that, you're always gonna stay fresh, find four or five people you can follow consistently so you stay on brand because if you're following 100 people and mimicking 100 people, your brand's gonna be all over the place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna confuse the algorithms. However, if you're following the same five people and creating content in that lane, and you just kind of mimic the structure and style of what they're putting out, you're going to start to see similar success over time. It's going to you know, accumulate and compound over the course of two, three years, which that should be the mindset you have is like you're creating stuff for the next three to five years, not for today. Mm -hmm. You know, you're trying to build up a brand and that takes that takes time. So love that. You know, word to Mamba. Mamba always used to say, you know, when it came down to stacking days, nobody could beat me. And I love that because you got to do it continuously, mm -hmm. you know, um, now, um, one thing that you mentioned, and I'm trying to remember right now, it really, really caught my ear, um, but I, I, it's, I'm kind of spacing on it now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm it, was, it was great, though, what you said. There was one thing that you said, and I was like, oh. On the panel? No, it was just now. It was just now. But it's all good. It's all good. We got fired. It's all good. Um, the client ambassador or the the community the community ambassador. Yeah, that was fire. Yeah, yeah, the community ambassador. So, I think what a lot of people underestimate is like no one wakes up and they're like, hey, I'm ready to move move today, right? Like it, there's something that that appeals to them outside of going and buying a house, right? It could be a school district. It could be, you know, a, a job relocation. There's so many different things. So when you're on social and all these algorithms are just, like, constantly changing, like, would you recommend people, like, go with the flow, like, of what's trending on social? Like, you mentioned Gary Vee, the one meme and the video thing. Like, would you recommend that, like, because, you know, we talked about not trying to make it perfect and things of that nature and being comfortable with what you're posting. But would you also recommend that people kind of go with the flow of what the algorithm the, the algorithm is and just to try and create the most kind of visibility um, with the value, I guess? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I, I, I couldn't tell you what the algorithm's going to do. Right. No, right. Yeah. But like there are obviously people that have figured it out. So like mm -hmm. I'm the one to think that if I can go find these people that have figured it out and like Gary Vee, he's not really trying to sell you anything. Right. His job is to literally know what the algorithm's doing. He owns a consultant consulting agency. And so like guys like that and just people like that are the great, the best ones to follow because they're the ones that are constantly testing it for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their job is to literally figure out what works, what doesn't work. A lot of the stuff he posts probably doesn't work. But once he does figure out what works, he's very transparent in telling us how to do it. So 
as opposed to trying to like figure out the algorithm, there's people that are doing that for us already. And those influencers, whoever they are, and granted, they may have a couple million views or uh, followers, but I can tell you, like, I have 40,000 followers on Facebook, and, like, it doesn't even matter. If I post something and I don't boost it, their algorithm doesn't push it out to anybody. Mm-hmm. So your followers isn't so much as important as, like, the value of the content you're creating, to your point. Because if you get in front of 10 people and they're the, te- the right 10 people mm-hmm. versus 10,000 people, but they're irrelevant, they're all in Ohio, and, you know, you guys may be licensed in Ohio, but for me, for instance, like, if they're all in different states and stuff, those 10 people I'm getting in front of are way more valuable than the 10,000 that don't actually have any value that they can bring to me in the long term. So really focus on like people that are doing it right and people that are getting great results and start to kind of do what they're doing. But And naturally, you're going to kind of follow the trends of social media and the algorithms and figure out what's, ha- what's working and what's not working. So, I mean, just with you being successful, do you want to drop that uh, Instagram tag out there for people to follow you to get some best practices? <laughs> uh, How can sure. they? Yeah, it's, uh, it's just Eric, E-R-I-K underscore social house. There it is. So, and I think. My Facebook one's like Eric Wright Realtor or something like that. But um, if you go on my Instagram, you can find everything. <laughs> I love it. Everyone knows your tags but you. They're yeah. like, hey, there he is. You're like, oh, yeah. I try to spend as little time on social media as I can. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you didn't hear that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. If you're running a good social media business, you actually don't need to spend a lot of time on there. Because that's the beauty of it. Like, it's working for you in the background, right? So that's the nice part about it. You don't have to be on there all the time and be fully and on the business page. I don't naturally like follow as many people. So it's not as I'm not, I don't get lost in like all the negative posts and everything. So right. I don't really have to see it. That's more so what I mean. Like I don't go on personal social media too, too much. Um, would, would you say that that's kind of um, when you get the breakthrough is when it's operating? So like, how, how would you measure that breakthrough, you know, to where it's like, hey, you've been consistently doing it. Is it a number of followers? Is it when you're generating revenue? What would be that benchmark to where you say, hey, you got it? I would say once you get to some level of predictability, like that's what I've been able to build, build where I know if I spend X amount of dollars, I'm going to see a return of Y. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like clockwork now. So at, at a point when I was like, I've spent probably close to six, $700,000 on Facebook ads in the last nine years. And I know that it shows at a minimum of 5x return. Mm-hmm. However, for people that are spending, like at, at a lower scale of spend, my return was significantly higher. It just at a certain point kind of plateaus. Mm-hmm. But I think if you say, if you can put any amount of money into something and see a 500% return, you're going to do it. Of course. Right? And so like once you do it consistently enough, you're going to start to build an actual business I think a lot of real estate agents, they say they're business owners. They're not. They're, if, if you're all referral-based, SOI, and you don't know where your next lead's coming from, outside of saying, oh, yeah, someone's going to send me one, you don't own a business. Mm-hmm. You're a real estate. That's fine. You can make a lot of money just being a real estate agent, working with your SOI, but an actual business has some level of predictability to it and structure in terms of saying, I know that if I do X, Y, Z from a marketing standpoint, the output's going to be this. Yeah. And so that's where I think you kind of hit your stride. And it doesn't mean you have to – be making millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars if you know that if you spend two hundred dollars a month you're going to get two leads a year that's predictability like Mm -hmm. you can go sell two houses and make 20k if you're spending twenty four hundred dollars and get a you know nine ten x roi that's a great investment you know a lot of people though they'll go spend money for a couple months they don't make any but they don't realize that you know spend two three hundred dollars and expecting to get a three hundred thousand dollar lead and make eight nine grand it just doesn't add up you know, it mm-hmm. takes time to get there. 
But once you get there, the predictability gets there, then it just kind of steamrolls ahead. Yeah, and to your point, it took you nine years. So, like, right. if you add up all 365 of those days every single year, you're probably gaining – point zero one percent every single day up Mm -hmm. until you got to this point but again you stack those days and obviously you start to see the results at the very end yeah it's Um, like that hockey stick growth after a while like i did my first two years i did 2.2 million 3.6 million in sales and then year three i did 11 then 22 then 30 then 40 so like in that and it's and that wasn't really with increasing spend too too much obviously like year three to four i started to pick it up a bit but like I, d- I wasn't like spending a crazy amount more money. It just started to compound because the reach and the brand was built up so much. And that's where I had that predictability where I knew like confidently if I wouldn't spend more money, I'd make more money. That's what we talked about last week on the podcast, the planting seeds, you know, you're planting seeds then to grow into what you are now. It's not a overnight kind of thing. You right. Trust the process. Yeah. Spot Definitely. On. Definitely. Um, well, we are going to wrap up. Thank you again, Eric, for taking the time uh, to join us here today. We really appreciate it, um, of course. And, you, you know, guys, holiday season is right around the corner. Um, you know, with, with us being in Michigan, uh, obviously it gets dark pretty li- early in the day. Uh, you're probably going to want some Christmas trees or Christmas trees. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah, Christmas that's lights want to decorate your house. Uh, Eric actually has a Christmas lights business. Uh, I know we're going to try and take advantage of it here in the office, uh, but if you are curious and you want more information, reach out to one of us. We'll get you hooked up with Eric's Christmas light business. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Thank you, Mac, Rena, Eric, again for joining us. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, all day, bro. <laughs>